Genghis Khan, 1162-1227. The greatest happiness is to scatter your enemy, to drive him before you, to see his cities reduced to ashes, to see those who love him shrouded in tears, and to gather into your bosom his wives and daughters. First came the refugees. Throngs of wide-eyed, petrified peasants flocked in from the outlying villages with outlandish tales that sounded like something out of a low-budget horror fleck. Crazy, impossible stories of bloodthirsty demons on horseback, riding forth from some intangible hell far beyond the eastern horizon, seemingly materializing from the fog without warning and savagely laying waste to entire settlements. Invincible barbarian warriors committing acts of untold cruelty upon the unsuspecting citizenry, slaughtering all those before them in a frenzy of blood and fire, and then drinking their chocolate milk right out of the carton. The rumors had been circulating the bustling city for nearly a month now, but most logical people believed them to be the nonsensical ramblings of rabble-rousers, fanboys, crazy conspiracy theorists, impressionable dumbasses and doomsayers. Stories of mysterious blood-drinking cannibals sent by God to exact his cruel vengeance upon the sinful, leaving nothing but death and ash in their wake, using foul black magic to turn the mightiest armies in the world into bloody handfuls of dust and sand. Some claimed to have seen the massive piles of sun-bleached skulls arranged into three morbid pyramids outside the doomed city of Nishapur, one stack for the men, one for the women, and one for the children. Reports claimed that over two million people had been massacred by these heathens in the span of weeks, with thousands more carried off by savages to the darkest recesses of the earth, never to be heard from again. Then came the devil's emissaries, strange-looking weirdos from a mysterious undiscovered civilization bearing a simple, frightening message, Submit or be destroyed. The high-ranking members of the city's aristocracy, pretentious, self-important tightwads, unwilling to relinquish their near-absolute power over their subjects, responded by hanging the barbarians' disembodied heads from the walls of the city. They chose poorly. Just as the peasants had warned, the devils came from nowhere, ghostly apparitions seemingly rising out of the sand itself. The thunderous din of stampeding hooves surrounded the terrified defenders on the city walls as an endless sea of horsemen descended upon them. The men on the ramparts watched in horror as they realized that the first wave of soldiers was actually comprised entirely of captured villagers from the outlying settlements. Poor, imprisoned farmers, forced under pain of death to push forward massive siege engines, catapults, and ballistae assigned with the cruel task of bringing destruction and mayhem to their own kinsmen. The soldiers reluctantly opened fire on these wretched saps, but even an endless stream of arrows couldn't stem the tide of heavy equipment being brought up to the massive moat surrounding the city. To their amazement, the defenders then saw the invading barbarians shoving their prisoners into the moat, using their bodies as a living bridge over which they rolled their infernal contraptions. The towering catapults were then loaded with large, foreign-looking clay pots, and when these projectiles smashed into the sturdy, seemingly impenetrable stone walls and guard towers of the city, 
They exploded into giant showers of searing hot flame, sparks, napalm, and smoke. Rock crumbled to dust, and walls fell as though they were made of cardboard, utterly destroyed by this frightening evil magic conjured up from some nightmarish realm beyond the mortal world. With a blood-curdling cry, the demons charged forth, and hell followed with them.